and welcome to my very first podcast here on MetaMentoring. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about how to support your child so that they can balance their needs and the needs of other people. Before I get into it, I thought that I would share a little bit about some of my housekeeping. If you like this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review. That way, other folks can find my content a little easier and have some clarity about you know what, what I'm sharing and what this is all about. If you feel inspired, I also have a Patreon account. By contributing to my Patreon account, you're letting me know that you appreciate the work that I'm doing and want to encourage me to do more of it. Okay, that's it for housekeeping. Let's start. So today's topic is how to have a self-directed kid. I actually think that when I'm talking about how to have a self-directed kid, I'm not actually talking about the style of education. I'm talking about how do we encourage our children to be aware of their own boundaries and their own needs and hold that in balance with the boundaries and needs of other people. To me that's very much related to self-directedness and I'm going to share a little bit about this topic um, in, the next, in the next few minutes, so let's, let's jump right in. So I'm going to talk about this topic in extremes. I don't usually like to share in extremes because, I don't know, I don't like polarity. <laughs> I like nuance and grayness, but I think for this topic it might be helpful to, to talk about it in extremes um, just so that you can identify a little bit more uh, with the main concepts I'm trying to share. So let's talk about two extremes that you might see in your children. The first extreme is that kid who has a really deep sense of their own needs and their own boundaries. Sometimes that deep sense is so deep that it can feel painful <laughs> to those around them. Um, they express their needs openly and freely. They uh, pursue their own needs and sometimes they're in such clarity about what their needs are that they might appear to be pursuing their own needs uh, with little regard for the needs of others around them. Um, yeah, they can, <laughs> they can feel like a big personality or a strong personality. The other extreme that I want to share is the, the child who has a deep sensitivity to the needs of others at the expense of losing touch with their own needs. So this child is so aware of the expression of needs of others that, and that feels so loud and alive for them that they, um, they, they start to lose their own expression of their needs or, or it's hard for them to develop their own expression of their needs. The purpose of childhood is actually to have space for us to not let go of the strengths that we have, but to lean into the areas that you know, aren't a strength for us yet. So for those kids who are really aware of their own boundaries and their own needs, we don't actually want to like stamp that out of them. We want to encourage them to hold on to that 
but bring in the needs of others around them. Likewise, the kids who are really great at picking up on the needs of those around them, we want to celebrate that and encourage them to become more aware of what their needs might be and how to advocate for them so that they can matter too. So the point of childhood is to do this work when the consequences and the learning um, is really forgiving. As we get into adulthood, maybe you know an adult who's really clear on what their needs are and seems to be insensitive to the needs around them. Or maybe you know an adult who um, is really good at meeting the needs of others, but not as great at meeting their own needs. You know, the learning can feel a lot harder when we get older. So creating space for our kids to do this when they're young, I think is really valuable. So let's jump into that kid who is really clear on what their needs are. Um, they're born with a strong sense of self. Uh, they are maybe aware of their needs and strategies that they prefer to pursue while they're meeting their needs. So it might look like they have a one-track mind. You know, They might hear the word no and keep going in the direction um, that they, they had already said on their, their mind and their heart that this is what they want to do. Um, so they don't take the word no as a final answer. Um, and you know, they, they might continue to pursue that same strategy as though your no was maybe no to seeing them do that strategy. So maybe they're, they're still doing the same thing but kind of dipping out and going behind your back. So in helping these kids who have a really clear sense of what their needs are, to start off, you'll probably need to get some clarity for yourself about what their needs are. So they know what they want, but do you really have a deep sense of what they want? And when I say a deep sense of what they want, I'm really thinking, like, can you lean in compassionately to what they're trying to do? Or are you just, you know, trying to use your adult power to kind of circumvent <laughs> something that they're trying to do? So we actually want to lean in and get a deep sense of, oh, that's what you're after here. Okay, I got you now. And then once you have that deep sense of what they're trying to do and what their needs are, then you can lean in in a slightly different way as like an ally, as a support, to let them know that you know there are other needs going on here that I, that I would really love for you to value. And you're trying to show them, I understand you, I get you, I want to hold that need that you're expressing with care, but I wonder what other strategies might be possible that are maybe valuing some of the other needs that I see in this situation, in this circumstance. Maybe it's other needs of that child, or maybe it's other needs um, of other people around them. But that main idea is holding on to the need that's so important to them in this moment while simultaneously inviting them in to have more awareness about some of the other needs that are happening at the same time. And I just want to reiterate this point one more time. Um, we're not saying no to their need. We're probably saying no to their strategy. So we want to really convey that their need is important to us too. But what else might be possible in pursuing that need? What other strategies might be possible?
I often find that kids who have a really strong sense of self, a really strong sense of their needs, sometimes people assume that they are not compassionate towards others. And for the most part, I haven't found that to be the case. It's more like their need is so strong, their awareness of their need and expression of their need is so strong that um, it's almost like they can't quite see past it. So it's almost like you're inviting them into this space of maturity, <laughs> of holding their need while holding on to a need of another. Now, as you're giving your child practice and identifying their needs, slowing down, identifying what other needs might be alive in the moment, what other strategies might be possible, as you're giving space for that, you might find that this particular child who has a strength in identifying and advocating for their needs, you might find that they start to question when they receive a no. I actually really celebrate this. Um, I think that some parents worry that this is an act of defiance, but I don't see it that way at all. I actually think that when kids are exploring a no, they're actually checking out what the boundaries are. Like, if you're giving me a no, what exactly are you saying no to? And where might the possibilities lie to getting a yes? This is a big part of collaborative communication and collaborative problem solving. So when your child, if they're starting to go into this um, questioning a no, it's actually not an act of defiance at all. It, it doesn't mean that you need to power over and stand strongly in your boundary. They're trying to understand where the boundary lies and where the flexibility lies. And that's really exciting. That's something that I think um, can be encouraged. And it's also showing um, some maturity. So you, if, if you're thinking, oh, I wonder if they understand the nuance of this other need in this person or the nuance of another need they might have for themselves, um, you can start to, to have more discussion around that if your child is questioning a no. So it's actually something really exciting that can be celebrated. I have shared a little bit about that, that kid who has a real strength and identifying and advocating for their needs and finding strategies to meet their needs. And now we're going to move into that child who is really, really sensitive to the needs of those around them. So for this child, they might be unaware of their own needs, um, partly because the needs of others just feel so loud and present for them. So it's not out of fault <laughs> um, for them. It's, it's more that the other things just feel so loud or so, so clear. Um, sometimes they might have difficulty expressing their needs or advocating for their needs. And sometimes that might be because they don't want to add to the challenge for other people. So if they're so aware of what other people are expressing in the world, um, adding in their needs can make the expressions around them feel even louder. So it can be a delicate balance for them. Um, sometimes these kids can come across as people pleasers or if they're asking for something, it might be an indirect ask. They might um, make a request for a smaller version 
of what they actually want or actually need. Um, and then sometimes if they've been carrying this for a while and they're starting to get resentful, they might not know how to express themselves in ways that are likely to get their needs met. So their expression um, might come across as a passive aggressive statement. Uh, I kind of, uh, like some of the adults that I know, um, including myself, have made passive aggressive statements before and really that's, that's just bumping up against that space of needing to matter and not knowing how to express it in a way that's more likely for other people to respond positively. So ways to help this child who is so aware of the needs around them that it's hard for them to stay in touch with their own needs. I would say the first thing I would recommend as a parent is just simply helping them to identify their needs. And that might mean slowing down the pace of life around them so that they can have some of that self-awareness. It might also mean that they need quiet, so not so much uh, of the noise around them so that they can really kind of tap into, okay, what's my body feeling right now? What do I need? Um, so yeah, these kids, instead of having these conversations that are like, on the spot, in the moment, you might need to slow it down, quiet the environment so that you can really help them tap into what's alive for them. So after you've helped them identify their needs, um, you might also be in a position where you want to help them identify how what requests they have of others. Or Another tip that I would offer to parents of a child who is really sensitive is that when you make a request of that child, give them lots and lots of space to say no. So giving them lots of space to say no, I'm just gonna look down at my notes for a second. Um, you're gonna watch for subtle signs of no. So these kids are really good at picking up at what your needs are and saying yes. And it's hard for them to be aware of what their needs are and recognize when they need to say a no. So you're gonna slow things down the same way as you would when you're helping them to identify needs. You're gonna slow things down and you're gonna create space for them to say a no. You might also find that in conversations with other adults, other people with power, maybe a kid who's super confident or that they really want to be their friend, you might also want to help them slow it down a little bit to check in with themselves before they give their yes. So you want them to be saying yes. Finally, if your child is making a request and they are really working on how to advocate for their own needs, there's a couple of things you could do to support them in that. You could, first of all, help them identify their starting place for what they think they'd like to have as a strategy to meet those needs. Um, you might practice what some of the wording would sound like. So, you know, practicing in advance how to ask the other person for what you would like to receive. And finally, when they are making that request, oh, <laughs> my daughter's behind me waving her hand. Um, when they are making that request, you could offer to be near them so that they can feel that sense of support from you. 
For these kids who are so sensitive to the needs of others, you might find that as they start to explore what their own needs are, they might go through this period of time where you hear suddenly a whole lot of no from them. And it might feel like this: the no's don't even make sense. This is a strategy that would work for you, but they're trying on their no, sort of like a toddler does, right? They're exploring that sense of independence and that self-awareness. And yes, maybe they're leaning into uh, their own sense of power a little bit more than uh, you would like for a collaborative environment. But that idea is, you know, it's, it's a phase. It's part of their learning and everything, um, saying no to everything is they become aware of their own voice and find a path to balancing everyone's needs, that's an important step. It's that their no is not an act of defiance. I think the key thing to remember here is that whether your child is really clear on their needs or they have the strength of being aware of the needs of those around them, no matter what their starting point is, it's something to be celebrated, but, or and, to be a full, fully compassionate um, person who's capable of collaboration, you need to build the side that they don't have an abundance at this point in time. And childhood is the ideal time to work on these skills. Um, so for kids who are aware of their own needs, discover how to hold the needs of others with care. And it doesn't mean letting go of their needs, it means inviting other needs in. And for the kids who are aware of other people's needs, it's how to balance their needs with the whole, in the larger group, right? That their needs matter too. Um, so all of this has to do with boundaries and how to work with consent and boundaries. And I think for a compassionate collaborative adult, there has to be this balance of your needs and the needs of others. Both are weighed and considered. One doesn't win out over the other. It's how to balance it all. How, how can we matter? How can the needs of others matter? Um, and to get to that place as an adult, we need to offer a judgment-free, supportive environment for our kids. So they need to know that their strengths are honored, not judged as good or bad. And we need to let them build on the skills that they're really needing. Thank you so much for joining me on this very first podcast. I look forward to sharing lots of other podcasts with you. If you enjoyed what you what you heard today, I would really love it if you could leave me a review so that other people could find my work more easily. And I also have a Patreon account if you want to contribute and show me that my work is important to you and encourage me, um, I'll make sure to leave that Patreon account link in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.